I started Emma's Cup of Cakes in 2007. Um, and in 2011, my dad was diagnosed with colorectal cancer. Um, he was diagnosed in February of 2011, and um, it hit home pretty hard. And uh, we actually, in 2011, did not. That was our one year, I believe, we did not operate. Or we did some at home. Like, we had some pretty loyal customers who would come back, but that year we did not run because we obviously wanted to focus time on him and my dad was such a huge component to our business that going through chemotherapy and radiation was did a number on him and he was such a huge part of who Emma's Cup of Cakes was that we wanted to dedicate that time. Welcome back to the Venturing Out Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Fontaine. We are joined again by Emma Tarter of Emma's Cup of Cakes. And if you haven't had the chance to listen to Emma's first episode, I highly encourage you do so. Um, in that first episode, Emma talks about what Emma's Cup of Cakes is and the origin of it. And I'll give you a quick summary. So Emma started is a senior at Baylor, and she started Emma's Cup of Cakes while she was a second grader in Keller, Texas, and she's owned and operated the business ever since then. Um, Inspired by her mom, her mom was an entrepreneur and still is an entrepreneur, and she saw her mom really young working, and she said, you know what, I wanna be like my mom. And so she set out to do exactly that, and she created her boutique business, Emma's Cup of Cakes, which, is a cupcake that can be made at home from the comfort of a mug so it's quite literally a cake in a cup and she has done very well for herself she's shown up at pop-up shops and uh, in individual retail locations and she's used it as a way to pay her way through college and support her family and so throughout this episode as well, we'll hear from Emma about more of her journey and about some of the operational logistics behind Emma's Cup of Cakes. But we are so thankful to have her back with us today. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. So what, when you started, when you had seen your mom and you'd gone to these trade shows mm-hmm. and you, you decided that this is something that I want to do, and you mm-hmm. started as a second grader, what was that like? Were you ever, were you excited about it all the time? Were you afraid? Yes. I mean, tell me. Yeah, I was super excited. I mean, I felt like I was like this cool new kid on the block, just like, yeah, I had my own business. And then of course, like people are like, oh, you just have like a little like mom and pop like little lemonade stand on you know on the street and I'm like no 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 (laughs) but I thought I was such a cool second grader oh my gosh um but it was such a cool experience um being able to just start something of your own and make something bigger than yourself in the second grade as weird as that was um because you go from like I don't know working on like the alphabet and then okay now I have to like go and like you know actually make product for myself for my trade show this weekend so it was very different because I think (laughs) I had more time obviously in second grade more than a college student to just be able to experiment and have fun and like try something new and so for my 
family, I mean, my family was like my staff, which was really interesting. <laughs> um, I had two younger brothers. One of them at the time was in kindergarten. So he was kind of interest, interested to like help out because he's like, of course, I'm making cupcakes. How fun is that? Yeah. Um, and then my other brother was like, oh, gosh, like two or three. So obviously he was not able to help out as much. So that's okay. That's, that's, that's understandable. That's an understandable excuse, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, it was such a cool bonding experience for all of us, honestly. Uh, and like for my mom and my dad, um, obviously, so I guess this kind of goes into a little bit about the why, um, behind my business as well is when I started out, they were like, what are we going to put the money towards? Like, what is that going to be for? And my parents are like, well, might as well start saving up for college. (laughs) And so, um, we didn't actually think it was going to be a lot, maybe pay for a couple of textbooks Mm because you know how expensive textbooks can be in college. Um, but we didn't think it would amount to much. And so, But it gave me, obviously, I already had a love for Baylor. So for me to be able to go, and I'm saving for Baylor, um, that was just a cool motivation for me to just work even harder. It's just to go, this is my reason why I'm working so hard. I have something bigger in the future that I can invest in. It's not just me having fun as Mm -hmm. much as it was fun for me. Uh, It did have a huge end goal for me. Right. Mm -hmm. That's... It's really what we had talked about with with Gabe and a lot of the other people um, or the great entrepreneurs that we have on this show. It's finding your why. Mm-hmm. I mean, Simon Sinek is known for why. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've seen anybody speak on LinkedIn or YouTube, odds are nine times out of ten, it's probably Simon Sinek. Right. But starting with your why, and that's beautiful because that's exactly what you did. Um, and that probably helped your sales as well because people bought into the why they didn't I mean they they bought the cupcake they bought the cup of cake which was great and you were talking about how high quality it was but mm-hmm. the fact that you were a second grader elementary school <laughs> student who had already committed themselves to going to college and saving mm-hmm. up for a greater reason I mean engaging in philanthropy right. I mean two dollars is I mean two dollars and fifty cents excuse me is justifiable yeah and it It probably helped a lot. Yeah. And I think you saw that when I was going in and having these trade shows and they Mm -hmm. were like, oh, my gosh, the second grader. Like, again, I would always have a parent with me to help me through that, obviously, because leaving a second grader to attend a booth for eight hours a day Mm -hmm. is not the smartest idea. So having my parents there. Um, it was, again, so interesting just to see them, like, walk up to my parents and, like, okay, tell me about what this is. And they're, like... Go to her. Yeah, go to her. She she has the full story for you. So, um, and my biggest selling selling point, this sounds all... I mean, it's, it's just a weird way to say that, I guess. But my the coolest thing that I think really set myself apart was just, yeah, I'm saving up to go to Baylor. I mm. mean, when you hear that, it's like, wow. <laughs> it's very different, and I, it's... It's different because you have all these people who are going, and not to, like, discount what they're doing or anything. It's just an extra way for them to make money. But for somebody to see a child and be able to do that, um, I don't know. So it's just, it's just I think, different, and I think it gave me a sense of 
working harder when I saw people who were willing to contribute. It's like, wow, like, Mm -hmm. I think it helped me value college all the more was so many people. I've, I mean, you think about yourself and like my parents have supported me Mm -hmm. through college tremendously. My scholarships have helped me, but that money that I saved, I mean, thousands of people have actually helped me to Mm -hmm. get to where I am today because of that money um, that I was able to save. So it wasn't just like me, my parents or whatever, like getting me to college. It was the thousands of people who helped me really Mm -hmm. through Emma's Cupcakes to getting me where I am today. So it's, it was, it was just interesting. Um, It's so cool just to see how it's grown so much and it's impacted me so much. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Did your friends ever know what you were doing? Because I'll be tr- yes. I'll be truthful, I didn't. <laughs> when when I had met you, I didn't know. I had no idea. Well, to be fair, I guess okay, because we were in class together first grade, and then I can't remember like the next time we probably had class was like I want to say in like we saw each other so, maybe some in yeah. middle school and high school, but I don't think we had a class together until actually senior year. Is I kind of think we're the last time we had a class. Yeah, 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 because growing up, going through inter, uh, elementary and intermediate, mm-hmm. they always broke classes up to where at least in elementary you were in a single homeroom. Right. So we were in homeroom first yes. grade. Yes, yes. And then I had Miss Mabry okay. second grade. Okay. And then, yeah, you're right, we didn't have a class until senior year That's of so high school. Funny. But we always kept up with yeah. each other, and we were always around. Yeah. Um, but I never knew that you had yes. a full cup yes. of cake business <laughs> until... Later in high school. Yeah. So what did your friends think? So honestly, I think I just didn't know how to bring it up as a second grader. <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to like so-and-so's house. Like, we're going to have a sleepover. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to be running an eight-hour shift at my trade show. Like, no problem. I think it was so weird to just bring up. Um, but when I think more people started knowing about it was when I was in um, intermediate school. I had a lot of teachers who supported me a lot. Mm-hmm. I think fifth or sixth grade was a really great growth period for Emma's Cup of Cakes. I had um, a couple of teachers who I already knew, like from church or just from um, my neighborhood or something, who knew about it. Mm-hmm. And so they were willing to promote it. So they, I remember having one of my absolute favorite teachers. She actually made a almost like an order sheet put it in the teacher's lounge and like I would pick it up and take them home and then I would just go around the school and just like drop off like and deliver them so that was a great way for me to already like meet new teachers if I was getting used to a new school or whatever but I had so I think probably fifth grade was when a lot of people started noticing and like picking up on it and I felt like I could talk about it. Um, plus, I had <laughs> that was when I interviewed for the Houston radio station. I had to miss class, and they were like, well, "Why'd you miss class?" I said, "Because I had an interview about my cupcake business." <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, okay, that's unique. That's different." Um, so I think it just became more into, oh, okay, she's the cupcake girl or something around, like, fifth, sixth grade, and then right. kind of carried on from there. How was it interviewing with that Houston radio show <laughs> oh my at, in intermediate school? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So I I was, on, like, 
I was on cloud nine. I was like, let's go. This is great. But in like fifth or sixth grade, and like obviously through like seventh and eighth grade really too, you're still figuring out yourself and you're not the most confident individual or just like, I don't know, figuring out what you like, who your mm-hmm. friends are. And it was such a surreal experience because I remember being at home because I was actually at home, but I they called me in and I did the interview through there. So I didn't have to actually go all the way down to Houston. I could still go to class as soon as my interview was done. (laughs) But um, I remember my mom was on the phone with me when this was going on. And so they had given me some prep questions about, like, just tell us about yourself. um, Explain what it is, where you sell, and all Mm -hmm. of that. So that was awesome. But then I remember at the very end, this is painted so vividly. And I don't know if this was just a scarring or what as a fifth or sixth grader. But... um, the guy at the end was just trying to figure out a way to close out the interview or whatever. And he goes like, so do you feel like you have like, like this is the reason why you have friends or something like that is because of the cupcake business. (laughs) And I go like to hear that because you're just already so insecure. I feel like, um, as a fifth or sixth grader, and I was just like, um, and my mom was on the other line. She is, no, she has friends because she's a great friend and is nice and kind, and they know about her. And I was just like, what the heck? But <laughs> so it was fun. It was overall fun. I'm glad I did it, but maybe the wrong timing as a fifth or sixth grader. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Don't worry, we won't roast you on this podcast. Okay, okay. <laughs> Not like you. the radio station. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that. No, but but that, it is unique, right? Because mm-hmm. like you had said, when some people are going over to their friend's house uh, for the weekend or their sleepovers and you're going and working these eight-hour shifts at a trade show. I mean, yeah. it, it's, I mean, diametrically opposed. It's just so different. Yeah. We don't have a concept for it mm-hmm. as a... As a young person or yeah. as a kid, like, yeah. we don't know what that means yeah. until you've completely like immersed yourself in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about on the podcast before why young entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship in general is one of the best learning experiences we can have. Mm-hmm. Um, because you are able to wear so many different hats and you get, I think, a greater context for what business is. Right and how to operate it. Let's talk about your role. Mm-hmm. So I know from what it sounds like, your mom and dad mm-hmm. had pushed a lot of the responsibility right. on you. But can you tell me what you were responsible for? Like, what yeah. did your day-to-day look like? Yeah. What were you involved in? How involved were you? Right. Um, and then at what point did you start playing a larger role in the back end of the right. business. So when did you start doing your your accounting, your pricing? <laughs> did, I mean, it. Mm-hmm. yeah, you got to do mm-hmm. it. So at what point mm-hmm. did you? So first of all, mom and dad, if you're listening, like huge, huge shout out. Like seriously, the most supportive people in my life um, have been with me through the thick and thin, which any parent obviously should, but they have been incredible. And they have done... So much for me, but I mean, obviously for Emma's Cup of Cakes. Um, so I think a large majority, they, I mean, my dad is uh, involved with a lot of sales. He did sales mm-hmm. a lot. 
Um, and he's still, he, he does managing over a lot of salespeople. So he's had a lot of experience with how to sell. And so my dad, um, was the person who taught me how to sell and he's to this day, the greatest salesman I have ever met. And it's not like, I don't know. He sells in a way that is so unique and meets people where they're at that makes it custom to where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's not just this like here's a sales pitch, whatever. It's meeting them where they're at. And that's what's so cool that I loved about learning from my dad. So I think my dad taught me, He, um, him and my mom kind of traded out every now and then who would come with me to shows. But um, my dad throughout those years taught me how to sell, how to tell a story mm-hmm. and like almost like an elevator pitch, yeah. but for your business and taught me how to do that. So I knew my sales pitch all the way, like probably from I wasn't super confident about it at first but once I started getting into like middle school I was like in a rhythm could really sell it and was going so my dad was really great with from a pricing and like business accounting standpoint of how can we make how can we price this right how can we make this great and sellable for a trade show Mm -hmm. um, where it's not just being sold at Walmart or whatever have you but um, so he was a lot more on the business side my mom again is super creative so she goes how can we from just a customer's perspective make this different how can we make this unique Mm -hmm. and so my mom is such a again a very creative person but always would be brainstorming she's always thinking about how can we make things better how can we and I think that's where I got a little bit of my marketing brain is how can we promote this how can we make this better um what can set ourselves apart from other businesses or other things like this at trade shows even so um I think probably my role, so up until, I say probably from the moment we started up until even like halfway through middle school was just like making them and making them. And I would throw in like, what if we tried this flavor and we would try to experiment with it every now and then. And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it didn't. Um, but I think once I started getting into probably in high school, my parents were kind of talking to me about like, okay, like this is how we measure out the things. This is how we actually make the product. And this is why we pick this packaging. This is why we do this. And so it helped me to really see, wow, how much went behind a business, how much I was not seeing as a second or elementary school or whatever student. Mm-hmm. Like there was so much behind it that I didn't realize was going on. It wasn't just making cupcakes. It was, how do I be profitable um, mm-hmm. in my own kitchen kind of thing. So yeah. I, I don't know if that answers your question all the way or the way that you wanted it. Yeah, so you started playing a larger role in high school. Probably like later middle school, early high school, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how was that transition? Honestly, really smooth. Um, it, because I had been so used to the business for so long, I think it... It actually didn't feel like things changed too much. My dad was still my number one salesperson, and honestly, still, I'm way more, again, of the creative side of business, and so the accounting, all that stuff, he he was so glad to take part of. No problem. He was like, absolutely, I'm here for you. That's what I'm, that's what I want to do. So he did that and took that on and honestly kept with it. Um, so my parents actually were super 
involved actually with it in me or with me in high school as well um they still I mean they could obviously leave me if I needed to at a trade show but they like I mean it's always nice to have somebody there with you Mm -hmm. to support you through it so being able to have somebody else especially when it got busy was very nice so actually my parents were pretty supportive and involved throughout high school as well right Mm -hmm. well they were your staff Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> honestly, that was yes. <laughs> your your non-paid staff, your pro bono oh staff. Oh my gosh, <laughs> God bless him for real. Um, so you had talked about one of your goals for starting Emma's Cup of Cakes was to save for Baylor. Correct. But I understand there were others. Yes. So I had known from the start that we were gonna save up, obviously, money to go to Baylor. That was my main objective. And throughout those years. Um, because I am a Christian and because I do love Jesus, like I did tithe off of that money as well. And so my parents actually taught me the importance of being a business owner and then stewarding your resources well and how to honor God with that. So that was something else that I didn't intentionally know I was going to learn from that, but was really cool. So just learning the, uh, how to prioritize that was really cool. Um, additionally, so I started Emma's Cup of Cakes in 2007 um, and in 2011, my dad was diagnosed with colorectal cancer. Um, he was diagnosed in February of 2011, and um, it hit home pretty hard. And uh, we actually, in 2011, did not. That was our one year, I believe, we did not operate. Or we did some at home. Like, we had some pretty loyal customers who would come back but that year we did not run because we obviously wanted to focus time on him and my dad was such a huge component to our business that going through chemotherapy and radiation Mm -hmm. was did a number on him and he was such a huge part of who Emma's Cup of Cakes was that we wanted to dedicate that time and we knew that um we were doing well and we had such a supportive and loyal fan or just customer base or whatever. And, um, that they, I mean, they were supportive through it too. And they were totally understanding. We just said, we'll try to come back next year. Um, and sometimes we did some small things at home. Like if we had some customers nearby, we did that, but, um, we couldn't get them their orders. But other than that, we took the year off. And so, um, However, October of that year, um, my dad was diagnosed 100% uh, cancer-free. So, such a blessing. Um, October is about midway through our usual season. And I'm still glad that we didn't operate that year just because, I mean, if you don't have cancer, a cancer experience, whether that's you or somebody you love or somebody close to you, I think you don't realize how much it truly affects everything in your life and um it hits hard it hits hard so for anybody out there who has somebody facing that um i see you and i understand you um so it it, and i want to acknowledge it it's hard when you go through hard situations like that so we took that year off but in um memory of that we have we decided about a year or two after that that we wanted to dedicate a portion of our proceeds to go to stand up to cancer so if we have an overstock of a certain flavor or if we just have a flavor that maybe not be selling the best a way to help push sales for that is to say this is our flavor of the day so a portion of those proceeds do go to stand Mm -hmm. up to cancer so it was such a cool way to just 
kind of remember that and acknowledge that, but also be able to meet with people who are going, oh my gosh, I have so-and-so who's going through cancer. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's such a great cause. And you're also saving up for Baylor. Like, it became more about the why behind what we're doing rather than what we're selling. Mm -hmm. So it, it it was such a cool way to incorporate that. And then later on in... Later on, I think from my my oldest younger brother uh, was a senior in call or in high school. He and my dad were trying to save up to go to a mission trip in Peru, and I was um, in college at that point. And we decided that we wanted to help them with their funds, so we saved up a couple of our funds uh, through Emma's Cup of Cakes to also help send them to Peru. So. It was such a cool experience, and I'm glad that we were in a place where we felt like we could donate that and still be profitable. But Mm -hmm. regardless of how profitable we were, I think it was going to be good, and I knew that God was going to provide either way. Profit wasn't your number one priority. No. I mean, of course, saving up for college is is a great great profit motivator, Um, and that was the end goal. I think, but it was a lot. So saving up, I think, to go to Baylor was my my number one from the get-go was just saving up so I could go to Baylor, go to Baylor, go to college. I really wanted that. Um, so it didn't, I mean, of course it mattered, like, if you were going to be profitable or not because of that. But having that end goal in mind is, I'm just one step closer, one mm-hmm. step closer um, to going to Baylor. Mm-hmm. When your dad was diagnosed Mm -hmm. and you knew you had to stop operating for a year, Mm -hmm. what was going through your mind? Mm -hmm. Um, I think at that time it was, it was hard because we were such, so I was telling you about fifth or sixth grade was where it was peaking. It was doing really well. And we had to stop because fifth grade was actually one of my most profitable, I think, or just growing seasons. That was such a great growing season for us. Um, and then halfway through fifth grade, like, was when we heard that he had got mm-hmm. cancer, so we had to stop. And so I think, honestly, as sad, I, I mean, you're used to do when you're used to doing something for so long. And you have to stop it. It just it kind of throws you off for a sec. But I honestly was a hundred percent fine with it. I mean, it. My dad is so close to me, and family, family is one of my top priorities. And so, putting that on hold and knowing that I could pick it up a year later, that wasn't a problem for me because I knew that I could. I knew that we were in a really healthy spot where we were growing and doing well that people were going to be understanding and people were going to understand. So honestly, um, when you have to change something you're used to doing, I mean, it kind of throws it off like, oh, okay, well, now I'm not having to make it for a season or Mm -hmm. a trade show or whatever um, to honor that time and be with my dad and to support him through that process. So I think it was just different because I wasn't used, I've been used to doing something for so long, but it wasn't something hard for me because I was like, oh, well, gosh, I want to do my own thing. It was easy because I wanted to be there for my dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when your dad's cancer went into remission, mm-hmm. what was that first trade show back like? 
I think it took... Like, oh, when man. he first came back. Yeah. Hmm. I think... I mean, my dad... One of my greatest quotes from my dad was, I hate cancer, like, but I love what it did to me. My dad... Um, my dad had um, such a great appreciation for people, I think, after that. And we saw so much support of, like, afterward, like, people were coming up and saying... I tried to come like here last year and you guys weren't here and we missed you. And so that was an opportunity for us to share our story and, you know, cancer's hard, but like we took the year off. And so we saw a lot of people again being so understanding and appreciative and like respecting that we took that year off. We're like, we're sorry we didn't like tell you. I don't know. Social media at that time was not super like Mm -hmm. big. So we couldn't like really announce it, I guess. Yeah. Or I don't know. We were, we just weren't on social media at that time. So it was so cool just to see how supportive people were and just like, well, we were like hoping that you'd be back and all of that. So that's always such a great feeling Mm -hmm. um, as a business who, you know, only operates at trade shows. It's just to hear, oh my gosh, we missed you. We wanted you back. But they were so understanding and so supportive in that process as well. Wow. (laughs) And from my understanding is because of that support, we've talked about before too, uh, prior to this episode, how Cup of Cakes was really good for college students because they were easy to make. (laughs) Yes. and it wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. Like, anybody can make it in their college dorm mm-hmm. with a microwave. Mm-hmm. Well, you went international. I did. <laughs> and so tell me about that. Yes. So um, what the, this was such a cool thing because, um, again, we didn't, we didn't try this out. This is something that happened organically. It was so cool. Was I remember operating at a show, and um, this lady came up, and was buying like a lot like a lot of cake mixes and i'm like um, an ungodly amount like, of cake mix. i'm like um can i because when we we have some like deals and stuff where if you buy a certain amount you get one free or whatever so we always ask like is there a reason why which a lot of people say like they're, they're great stocking stuffers i have like my daughter's birthday coming up so these are great party favors whatever so it's so cool to like hear what people mm-hmm. use them for but one of the coolest ways I think I heard it was, so this lady was buying a lot, and I was like, hey, can I ask you, like, um, what are you, like, planning to do with all these or whatever? And she goes, um, I have somebody, um, and I feel bad for not remembering if it was, like, her son or just, like, a, a relative or something, but I believe it was her son, um, who's stationed in Afghanistan. And she goes, he's only limited to a certain amount of, like, cooking stuff that he can do and has a limited amount of resources and so I wanted to send him and some of his friends overseas uh, these because I think he can make them where he's at. They have a microwave for sure in um, their tent or whatever and they have a, like a small fridge to like have all the basic ingredients and stuff but um, that's what I'm sending them and it, I mean that just warmed my heart uh, so much just to hear wow like I didn't even have to promote this like for her to be able to see something and go I can use it for this when I didn't even think about it that is such like a cool feeling just to Mm -hmm. know that you're doing something for somebody and they may not be able to see I don't know it's it's just a it's just a very surreal experience yeah that's fun (laughs) 
Emma's Cup of Cake's Gone International. Yes, yes. Supporting so, the troops. Yes, supporting the troops, for real. <laughs> Did not even think um, I could do that, but it was such a, cool, such a cool way. I'm so glad that she told me that because that's, that's given me a lot of, I don't know, it's given, you, it's given me a lot of, like, affirmation as to what I was doing as an entrepreneur. Again, I can't thank Emma enough for coming on to our show to share her her insight and her story. Um, I mean, when I say that she just gives everything all the time for everybody, I mean, she is so selfless and we, we need to be more like Emma. Um, there are a lot of people who are in Emma's situation or there are a lot of people who may have parents in a similar situation to Emma's father but the fact that they were able to rally around him and her business and not only use her business to serve her family but to serve others who may be enduring that same type of hardship uh, is is incredible so very thankful again for Emma and, and for people like Emma in our world who just make it so much better uh, I'm glad that you were able to stick around and listen to all the insight that she was able to share along her journey and some of the cool stories. I mean, even about how she uh, unintentionally sold internationally and how her product was shipped over to uh, troops overseas. I mean, it, it's just incredible. So, But that's not the end of the journey. Um, there's an exit to Emma, and it's a very common exit to a lot of people to where there's nothing wrong in the business, but she just moves on to other things. And so we'll talk about the fadeaway exit next episode and how Emma transitioned out of her business and what that meant to her and how she handled it and how you may be able to as well. So again, thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed already, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Baylor Venturing Out on our Instagram. Thank you again, and we will see you next time. <laughs>